It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country with Dan Berger and Tom Simino is back. He's with us about once a month. And today our guest is Glenn Hugo, the winemaker from Gerard Winery in Calistoga, right? Correct. Correct. Welcome, dude. Good to meet you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Why are you on crutches? I'm... (laughs) I've been, I should have crutches. I've been making up stories about a bear attack or shark attack, just, you know, whatever seems to <laughs> fill the room in the moment. Probably should be more wine-related uh, story, but just uh, old injury, finally getting taken care of. So Good. Not a good excuse. Well, welcome, man. It's Thank good you. to meet you. As well. Tom? Jackson? Talk about Gerard Winery now. They're in Calistoga. Yep. Gerard Winery, is a, they have a beautiful new facility. Uh, Glenn was responsible for uh, putting all that together. I'm sure he can tell you. It still has that, you know, that new winery smell. Like when you have a new car, you go to a new winery and you get that new winery smell. Yeah, it's a it's it's a beauty. It's up there in in Calistoga, and you did a hell of a job putting that together. Well, it takes a village, but yeah, thank you. How many years did it take to get all the permitting and all of that? About five. About five years to get everything squared away. That's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't terrible, but it was it was a little longer than we'd hoped. But you of know, course, it always is. Always is. Before we get into the history of Gerard, let's get into the history of Glenn Hugo in the wine world. How did it all begin for begin for you? Um, my history uh, came to wine through food, through the restaurant industry. It was. Um, I was in the restaurant industry for many years. Uh, I actually traveled the country with a restaurant group, opening restaurants. Wow. And one of my primary uh, responsibilities was in the bar area and specifically writing wine lists. So I started getting really interested in that and uh, wanted to learn more about wine. And so at the time, I would bring my uh, girlfriend um, out here, and she eventually got – We pr- I proposed her out here in the middle of a vineyard. Uh, Winty Vineyard down Livermore. Yeah. Um, and Did you, where'd you grow up? Texas. Where in Texas? I was born in El Paso, but uh, we ended up meeting in Houston. And uh, it was my kind of base camp, and I, I would travel the country, but that was where I met Pam. And and when did you come out here? We moved here. Uh, I, I On our honeymoon, asked her if she would consider us quitting our jobs and moving to California so I could learn how to make wine. And uh, I always joked that... Boy, that's, that's quite a stretch <laughs> yeah. on the honeymoon. Well, I always joked that the fir- the, that was on the first bottle of wine. And then by the second bottle of wine, she was like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but six months after we uh, got back from our honeymoon, we moved to, to Napa. And uh, so this will be 20 years now. Now, as far as a winemaker, did you go to UC Davis or Fresno no, or anything? I actually have a, a business degree. Um, so I guess that is helpful in some ways, but um, everything I've learned is um, through cellar activities, through learning in in the in in the cellar and, and amongst some really amazing uh, mentors over there. Right, exactly. Yeah, I appreciate so, that. So we have some Chardonnay here. Yes. Why don't you pass that yeah. to Jackson? Chardonnay. Yeah, yes. ever heard of it? No. <laughs> Steve Chardonnay Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. This is the 2021 Gerard uh, Chardonnay from Caneros. Oh, my God. How you like that? Yes, yeah. I do. 
So for us, uh, we actually decided to use the term Carneros instead of specifically in Los Carneros to not designate Napa or Sonoma because we actually have a vineyard in both, an estate vineyard in both. So every year I get the opportunity to play with multiple clones and and from either location can come up with the blend based on what we feel is you know, showing its best. So if you, I didn't realize this. So if you use the term Los Caneros, it either has to be all from Sonoma or all from Napa? Yeah, if you put, if you put one or the other on there, you have to, that's where it has to be from. And you wow. follow the normal AVA rules. But as we all know, Carneros is that one It's the one appellation that's right on it's, the line. It's, yeah. yeah, it's basically it's in both, both counties. Yeah, yeah in, in both, both counties. Yeah. So if you if you want to use both sides of the fence, you just name it Carneros, and they'll, they'll allow you to do that without designating. Huh. Let's talk about Girard. They've been around for quite a while, right? Quite a while. Um, started with a family, mostly son and father, way back in the 80s, early 80s. And um, who's Girard. So it was Steve and Steve. There was there were some sisters and mom and whatnot, but uh, the Steve, the father, was uh, Kaiser still and a bunch of other things that was in his history. Um, but Steve, the son, is the one who who dove into the winemaking, and that came about after having grown grapes and seeing some really great wines being made off their grapes, and said we should do this. Ah, so and they were then, selling they were selling grapes when they started yeah, the winery. Yeah. His father passed on, and then eventually um, his heart kind of grew to Pinot Noir, and he uh, bought a property up in uh, in Oregon, uh, Bitten Lane, which um, I used to sell back in the day uh-huh. when I was in the, in the, the restaurant industry. So Steve uh, decided he wanted to go make Pinot in, in Oregon, and uh, uh, they eventually sold the, the, the property and the brand to us, and um, we took the brand off that site and uh, started regrowing it. It, it kind of become pretty small, didn't have a lot of following. Uh, but around the year 2000-ish, uh, we kind of relaunched the brand and started rebuilding. All right, and Gerard is in Calistoga. Yes, the, the winery and tasting room are both in Calistoga. And where in Calistoga? Right on Dunawill Lane. So I like to use Clopagas as our across the street neighbor and then uh we're on the back side of sterling oh, their yeah. little hillside so of course right below them it's a beautiful spot i mean it's stunning actually i mean I, it's really amazing how today you can i don't know what that kind of a winery would cost but five years of of permitting and then finally getting it built and how how long it must have taken how many three years to build how long did it take not to build quite it? that long but um with the with the vineyards being part of the the equation, and then yeah, we're about three years. Yeah, it's, I mean it's gorgeous. Everybody should go up there. It's uh, it's open to tasting, right? And yep. is it by appointment only? Or do you accept? Yeah, it's by appointment. Um, we have to follow those rules, um, but we're we have a lot a lot of flexibility when people um, you know if they, even if they give us a call not too far in advance. And you can go to GerardWinery.com. dot com. Correct, yeah. uh, Dan. Thoughts on Gerard? How familiar are you with them? Well, I, I, I got to know Steve Gerard very well when he founded the property back in the 80s and uh, walked a pro- one of his properties was, you don't own it anymore, it's up, it's down, down around uh, Yountville area. Uh, you probably have some vineyards down there, but this was a very, very rugged property that they acquired and he spent a long, long time trying to develop that. They had made uh, Chenin Blanc uh, back in the early days, yeah. 
Are you still making a little Chenin Blanc? I, I, I am not, unfortunately. I'd like to. Uh, but I've heard stories of the Gerard Chenin Blanc. Yeah. That was a nice wine. It was a dry wine yeah. and not, not particularly uh, uh, not a, a Chardonnay look-alike. Look no, it was a whole different ballgame. Uh, and, and the uh, brand was basically non-existent for some years. I'm not sure what happened during that period. I just never saw it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think they had their ups and downs. And uh, we, we were fortunate enough to be involved uh, in the early 2000s and just started build, rebuilding the brand again. California wine country. Tom Simino is back in. Dan Berger, of course, is here. And our guest is Glenn Hugo, the winemaker for Gerard Winery in Calistoga. Uh, we briefly talked about the Shard, which I adored. Mm-hmm. And I just took a sip of this Zin. And I'm not a huge Zin guy. I like this a lot. Yeah, tell us about this. You got it blended from various vineyards and yeah. age of the vineyards? So there, there are two main vineyards that we use. We have a few other sources, but the two main vineyards, one's in southeast Napa. These are about 50-plus-year-old vines. And then the really older stuff uh, is in Calistoga. These are 100-plus-year-old vines. I like to say that, that you need both, right? You need some of that little more vibrancy from the, the younger old vines. <laughs> Air quotes over the radio. That doesn't help. Um, and then uh, on the old vines up in Calistoga that are 100-plus-year-olds, they give it a lot of that depth and that complexity. The other thing I mentioned, that this is the one kind of uh, difference with our oak regimes. We're, we're French oak on everything else. But on our Zen, and for that matter, our Petit Syrahs, we'll play with a combination of French, Hungarian, and American oak. Really? Hungarian oak. Yeah. yeah. And the American, They're playing tonight at Hopmo. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> the American oak, can, the Zinfandel can handle all that aggressive American oak. Yeah. And uh, when you get a, like a three-year air-dried American oak barrel, with match it with a Zin with some Petit in it, uh, no reason to have really French oak at all. In Absolutely. My this is a beauty. Yeah. This is a 21? 21. So just a, just a pup. It really is a beauty. Dan, lay it down, Burger. How long would you lay this Zin down? Well, I think most uh, Zinfandels these days don't require much age. And I think part of the reason is that we're going for more uh, fruit-forward depth and uh, richness uh, straight up front. And the, if you lay it down, it, uh, the, I think most Zinfandels are going to lose away. something in, in too much <clears throat> aging. And the trick is that you have to look at these wines fairly consistently. You have to ch- chase them down. If you buy three bottles, you drink one the first time you get it home. The next one you drink two years later. And see where it is. And if it looks like it's aging, then hold on to the next one for another two or three, four years. But I'm not a big aging of Zinfandel fan anymore. I, I still have a few bottles from the 70s that were made with 12% alcohol, and those aged okay. But once you get to 14, you're looking at uh, risk. I, I think also, as they as they start to age, they lose that vibrant fruit that you're talking about. That's what I was trying to get at with Dan yeah, there. And, yeah, and then they become more claret like mm-hmm. and you almost lose the varietal character yeah. and there's nothing wrong with like an older claret but it it's that warm right off the blackberry fruit right off the vine blackberry fruit that that i love in zin and you know i've got some of your this got you, it this has got it right now i yeah. agree and if i aged this i would be disappointed if any of that fruit dissipated on me yeah you've really done a good job of choosing the fruit for this thank you yeah well fortunately we, we sell through it pretty well at an early age and you know we don't have to worry too much about people uh, you know worried about 
aging it too much. Yeah, this is my go, good, <clears throat> go-to Zin when I'm having pizza at the, home. The really good thing zin. about this particular Zin is that the tannins are really managed. It's, it's very soft. It doesn't have a lot of aggressive tannin. So that gives you an opportunity to drink it right away. If, if these people are making wines for the cellar, that's one thing. But if they, they, you don't enjoy them young. You put them in the cellar and just wait. But Zinfandel like this is really designed for about the first three to four years. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it's, and it's, uh, got, it, it's got that wonderful um, nut. It's, it's got big bigness, big richness, but without being pruney. I, when you get into that high alcohol, pruney, dirty uh, yeah, motor oil. That's one of the things <laughs> I don't know, like I about do, Zin, God. but this is, this is really good. Yeah, this good. is just, this is, this is big in a feminine sort of way. Huh. It's California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottled Barn. Tom Simino is here, of course, Dan Berger, and Glenn Hugo, the winemaker from Gerard Winery in uh, uh, Calistoga, is here. Uh, Glenn, talk about the Rutherford dust. What does that mean? So I I was just telling a story a moment ago. When I first moved to Napa, uh, I got two jobs. I got a job at a winery, which I really appreciated. It's Provenance Winery in Rutherford. Working for uh, Dan and I were just talking about uh, Tom Rinaldi back in the day. And he's a great mentor to be around. Um, Classic Napa Valley winemaker. Yes, absolutely. Looked like Groucho Marx and yeah. acted like it. Character in all <laughs> kinds of ways. Um, but I, it was a, an opportunity to work with some really great Rutherford Vineyards and, and learn. And that concept, uh, I think people um, have different, it has different meanings for different people. Um, you know, I, I think if anything, it's just kind of clarifying that Rutherford has a unique character all its own. Obviously, it's its own AVA for that reason. But um, I often would get asked to describe it. And the, the best description for me would be if you're going to say that, you know, there is a characteristic that kind of leans towards that. It's um, it's kind of this mocha powder note in Cabernet there that I tend to see flourish in a lot of vineyards from there it's not necessarily everyone but a lot of the fruit we get from rutherford i'll see that little hint of that in the background and for me that's my my descriptor of that um like remember quick when you were a kid quick cocoa yeah i loved it yeah cocoa dust nestle quick yeah Yeah. and you know wasn't it wasn't it andre chelichev dan who coined that phrase rutherford yes he did and i think he was kind of pulling everybody's leg a little bit but (laughs) you know but he, he came up with that term and it stuck you know, it's like Mandavi with Fumé Blanc. And uh, and there's a Rutherford Dust Society. They have mm-hmm. tastings all the time. And so it's a, it's a good way to to talk, you know, market your your soil and your, your climate as an AVA in Rutherford. Agreed, yeah. Uh, Glenn, what, what else did you bring? So the next one I thought we'd try is something kind of fun. Um, it's a field blend. So this is a field blend of what varieties? Well, that's the fun part, Dan. We we're not 100 percent sure. <laughs> uh, we're pretty we're pretty sure there's there's Zen and Petit Sirah on there, uh, other Rhone varietals like Grenache, Mavedra. Um, there's even some white varietals hanging out in the, in the really. Um, this started right when Glenn started at Gerard back in 2006. We made our first vintage of this. It's a, a field blend that we've we've used the term uh, mixed blacks because that's the old ttb definition of field blends that's how they they designated them when they didn't know mixed what, blocks they didn't know what was in it they would just call it mixed blacks mm-hmm. so 
We uh, we borrowed that phrase, and um, this is primarily from a vineyard in Calistoga, the same old vine Zin that we talked about earlier. From the twenty one here. Yes, yep. sir. Uh, same vineyard source, but this is a section of the vineyard that goes back the furthest of that family's history. And I always always liken it to you know when 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 families moved to California from their village somewhere in Europe, let's say, they brought clippings of all the different varieties of grapes. And much like they had a cow for milk and chickens for their eggs and a vegetable garden, they, they produced their own wine for their, their home. I love the nose on this. Dan, your thoughts on this wine? I think there's uh, some real, really high-quality petite Syrah in this wine because I'm smelling a little bit of that petite Syrah character, which is sort of a, a chocolate sauce kind of a thing. Mm. But it's got also it's got a little bit more tannin than the Zinfandel. And this is a wine that I would definitely put away for about three, four, 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 five more years because all these components are not yet blended together, melded together. Right. They have, they have right. to come together. The flavors are delicious <clears throat> right now, but it's going to be a better wine in three or four years. It's got some black pepper going on there. Mm-hmm. and There's a know, lot going on yeah. in mm-hmm. the palate on this. Yeah. And, and the old-timers would say it's, it's got this, this purple color, and the old-timers would say, well, that's because it's got Petit Syrah in it. You know, this uh, kind of blue purple color yeah. that, uh, and it does. It's got maybe it's because the box that I'm close to here is blue, but <laughs> I well, do think. But the tannins are there to support this, right? It's not; they're not aggressive. And you sell out of this one fast, right? This this you can't keep in the store. Yeah, this one is uh, very popular with our wine club, and how we don't do you, distribute how much, it. But, how much do you make? Um, usually, a few hundred cases. Just yeah. depends That's on the it, vintage. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Some years we've gotten up to 800 cases. All just right. It is California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Tom Simino, uh, Dan Berger in the studio, and our guest is Glenn Hugo, the winemaker from Girard Winery in Calistoga. Uh, it is girardwinery.com. And that, of course, is G-I-R-A-R-D. Just want to make sure everyone... You spell knows. very well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't do much very well anymore, but sometimes I can spell. Uh, so you know, let's let's yeah, uh, go ahead, let's Tom. have everybody uh, kind of listen again a little bit of your background again, and tell people where you you were talking about. You worked with Tom Rinaldi while you were working other another job to keep things going, and that's where you ran into and Tom, Marco. Uh, just give me ten seconds on Tom. Tom Rinaldi. Rinaldi, yes, ahead, I tell, know the name. Tell everybody but, about Tom Rinaldi. Yeah, so Tom, Tom Rinaldi's uh, history with Duckhorn is kind of the more uh, exciting, you know, initially. That's how he got introduced to a lot of people in Napa Valley. But uh, he ended up opening uh, Provenance Vineyards in Rutherford, and I was fortunate enough to get a job there working with him. Um, I had moved here, uh, as I mentioned, and, and, you know, wanted to work in a winery, but at the same time got to pay bills. So yeah. I took a job at a wine bar at night, a uh, cool little spot in Napa called uh, The Bounty Hunter. The Bounty Hunter, which is still, still there. Still around, yeah. Still, still swinging. Great barbecue. You know, I'm from Texas, so I'm like, all right, this could this is a good fit. <laughs> um, and both jobs were amazing. Working with Tom was awesome. Um, but also at The Bounty Hunter, uh, they had their own wines, and uh, their winemaker was a gentleman by the name of Marco DiGiulio. And Marco uh, eventually took me under his wing to get me into Girard, and that's how I started with Girard in 2006. And eventually, uh, you know, worked my way up the ladder and um, 
took over the winemaking around 2010. Uh, not too long at all. No, you know. So was Marco making wine with you at that time? Yeah, and and then uh, you know Zach Long, who yeah. of also of Cundy fame, but he was a he was a winemaker there as well. So I got to learn under him and Marco. Um, so a lot of great mentors over the years. And Marco had made Cardinal and got the hundred point rating and. Yeah. Had worked with Pepe for a while. Absolutely. So he's a, another, you know, classic winemaker from Napa. Yeah. So your your history is like, just they're they're all there, all the boys. They're all there, and uh, they're still there. I still talk to Zach and Marco often. Uh, so I, I have a lot of great resources as well. Yeah. yeah. All right, Glenn. What did you pour? Is this uh, is a petite sirah? Petite sirah. I like petite sirah. Yeah. You know, it, it takes a little of the enamel off your teeth, but in a good way, right? <laughs> yeah. Big body, but it's also this really amazing <clears throat> fruit profile. What year is this? This is a 19. A 19. So. Dan, thoughts on this Pinot? Well, I, I concentrated, mean, uh, powerful, but not uh, undrinkable. In fact, the tannins are really carefully uh, honed down. I'm sure that it was a little trick to get this in the bottle properly because this wine wants to be aggressive, but... This wine is actually fairly silky for a petite Syrah. Yes, sir. And it's got loads and loads of fruit. Uh, it's got a real personality. You put it in some nice uh, new barrels, so it gives it a little bit of that new barrel smell, but it's really not very oaky at all. And, and I think the best part about this is you can drink it. <laughs> it's yeah. really delicious. I know. The, the amazing thing is sometimes when you when you go in and put it in your mouth, it, it's a bear. It's like fuzzy all around the tannins are so aggressive and then if people put too much oak on it what's the regime the barrel regime so this one as i mentioned earlier much like zen this is where we also use some french primarily but also uh, hungarian and american as well Mm -hmm. and then to dan's point you hit it right on the head there our fermentation of this we pull it off of off skins a little earlier so we don't get overly aggressive on the tannin and then uh blending with some zen in here as well we do a little zen as part of the mix yeah uh, and then i think that oak is uh, a big part of keeping that balance but you know not to be aggressive with the profile we want that fruit to still shine through yeah you know the nice thing about tasting through all of your wines is you're you're letting the fruit shine through you know what i mean i'm a great grower i want my when i'm making wine i want the fruit to be there and so far i can't wait to get into your cab here i mean i, I love you dan and i know you love petite Syrah, but i'm chomping at the bit here <laughs> it is california wine country dan Berger's here and tom simino is back today our guest is glenn hugo the winemaker from gerard a winery in calistoga and as far as and we discussed this briefly about visiting uh your location um and tom reiterate what you were saying because it's a pretty new yeah, situation it's brand, there it's but it's gorgeous facility. And, I mean, you know, if you're going to go over the hill and you're going to go into Napa, especially if you're coming over from my side where I am, Alexander Valley, you slide right into Calistoga. And Dunawheel is right there. And Toomey, you could stop at Toomey. Yeah, great And ones. then drive a little further down and you could swing into Clopagas. Mm-hmm. And right across the street is Girard. And then you could go up the up the uh, uh, the hill there. And what's the the facility? Oh, the, Sterling? No, uh, oh. not a winery, the restaurant. And it a hotel that new oh are you, are you talking like in calistoga yeah it's outside of town the, there's a new uh, property from uh, 
Oh my gosh! It's the hotel group. It's the yeah. uh, forget exactly. All right, neither is. of you can remember this. <laughs> I don't want to waste too much more time. <laughs> okay. So Tom, anyway, you can make a day of it. Yes. Is my point. All right. So that's wonderful. Now we have got a <coughs> master winemaker from Napa Valley, and we haven't talked about a Cabernet Sauvignon based wine. So we're going to talk about a Meritage wine called Artistry, which is your flagship blended Cabernet Sauvignon, all five Bordeaux varieties. Yes. This is the 19. Correct. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, so uh, briefly, back in the day, uh, Gerard is known for Cab. Um, they also started making a red wine blend. They just refer to it as red wine, as do many. Uh, but when we, when we took over ownership, um, our owner, Pat, wanted something more, you know, to more emphasize the, you know, the blending process. And I often liken it to that, you know, as an artist who's, you know, making a painting, um, you know, that's where the grape varieties and, and the fact that you have multiple colors to work with, you know, silly, but, but it is really a part of our lives that we spend all this time, uh, you know, the shift from left to right brain, right brain to left brain, um, where we're, we're focused on science and we're focused on, you know, our job is to take care of the, the grapes first and then the wine and make sure it's healthy. But there's that moment when we sit down at the table, usually a year plus later to start blending the wines. And that's really kind of where we shift into the more artistic side of things. So Got it. He thought that, you know, artistry would be a nice uh, a nice name for a wine to kind of emphasize the artistic side of it. It's blending. amazing it wasn't taken. Yeah. Because every, every name has been taken. Yeah. And artistry is, is a... It's a great name for a blended red. Yes, it is. And yeah. this is a terrific, terrific bottle. Of, Thank it's you. A, how much cap? This is a, a so predominantly? This particular vintage, we're right around 80-ish percent. Um, we usually are somewhere in the 70-ish to 80 percent uh, as far as cap. It just depends on the year. Um, and then, you know, the other varietals will follow suit. How much more low we want to play with, Malbec, Franc, and then... Uh, Petit Verdot. Uh, Petit Verdot is something I always like to talk about just because it's it's not something a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on, but I think it's an amazing part of blending. And, uh, and what does it give this one? For me, you know, we talk about structure with Petit Verdot because it, it can be a really big, bold wine uh, on its own, but it has these amazing aromatics and it adds this blue fruit note that I really love. And then there's this kind of white floral note. So it's, it's this, you know, big masculine wine in so many ways, but feminine in others. And just, you know, can be a really nice blending varietal in your blends. And, you know, in this particular vintage, we're um, 6% Petit Verdot. Wow, that's quite a bit so when you think about chunk, yeah. what a lot of people put in. Yeah. And do you grow your own Petit Verdot? We, we do. We grow some of our own, and then we source some as well. Yeah, great. So, this is killer. Yeah. So we probably have another five minutes or so. So let's move on to the, the Mountain Cuvée. Thank you. Yeah, so we make quite a few cabs. Um, makes sense, right? We're in Napa. Uh, if you go to you know your local shop, you're going to find uh, our Napa Valley cab, likely on the shelf. But at the tasting room, we play with some really fun little unique uh, smaller AVAs. And you know, so we will bottle on the valley floor. We'll have Oakville, we'll have Rutherford. Uh, we do a Calistoga, uh, but up in the mountainsides, we've bottled you know Mount Veeder spring in the past diamond pretty consistently atlas and how mountain and so um years back we said how about we work with all of those 
and we create a mountain cuvee, as we call it. So you blend all of those different hillsides. Yeah. Now you're, you know, different vintages will depend on what we use. In some years, it's it's also what we have access to. It's just yeah. we yeah. don't make a lot of any of it. So This is a big, bad boy. Oh, my God. Dan? Some, yeah. Talk about the big, bad boy. That's well, your it's, job. It's, it's fairly substantial. It's Mountain-grown fruit is always more concentrated. In this case... The wine is obviously more concentrated than the artistry. Um, but in this case, the wine really is backward in a certain way because it's so concentrated that it doesn't really have the, the elegance. The artistry is a little bit more elegant, and it's got a little bit more personality in that respect, and it shows off itself really, really well. This one is just simply an infant. It doesn't really have any... Uh, full-on development the way it should and what's the vintage on this one this is 19 it's still too young to 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 get to i would i if i had any of this in my cellar i'd put it put it back another two to four more years before i even opened a single bottle and then i'd probably wait five more after that this is that's why they call him lay it down dan well this is a really lay it down burger (laughs) there's a lot of substance here but it's just it's so young it's hard to access all the fruit yeah, I think you're right on it as far as, like, this just needs some more time to develop. So Yeah, this is giving me a big smile, and I can picture this rib steak on yeah. my grill <laughs> right now with some French fries, yeah. baked with French fries with my ketchup, this cab, <laughs> yeah. overlooking the vineyard Sounds with like my a good beautiful day. wife, Brenda. Hello. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Glenn Hugo, one of the winemakers from Napa Valley's Girard Winery, GerardWinery.com. Uh, you should visit. It's a beautiful place, and uh, they're making great wines and doing great stuff. And they're right in Calistoga, and many of you head over to Calistoga quite often, so this is a good place to uh, stop and taste some wine and check out the scenery. And when you get there, ask if Glenn's around, because you're yeah. usually there. And he's popped out, you know, to say hello to us when, you know, people are there and they're looking to uh, get a little touch of, of what's going on, especially if you're not really familiar with that particular property all right he is glenn hugo winemaker from uh, napa valley's gerard winery uh, i can't believe we haven't uh, had you in before thanks tom simino and uh, of course. pleasure to meet you glenn as well thanks to everyone